0: Um, Good evening, everyone. Today is Wednesday, February 9th, 2022, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is uh, into action step six, and our speaker tonight is
1: Faye. Take it away. Hi, thank you so much. Um, I'm so excited for this and so grateful to have this opportunity to speak because I have something amazing. Something amazing has happened and is happening in my life. And um, I'll start by telling you what it was like before this thing happened. Okay. So my name is Faye, I am a compulsive overeater, a recovered compulsive overeater for today from New York. Um, But I didn't grow up here in New York, I grew up in my mother's little beauty shop in Texas. Uh, A fat little girl sitting on the front porch in a glittered up Burger King crown, dreaming of being a beauty queen. And it wasn't going to (laughs) happen. It just wasn't going to happen. I always had a book in one hand and something in the other, usually a moon pie, something sugary. And what I was looking for in both of those things was to escape. I have been looking for the escape button since I was in diapers. my home was, my home life was volatile. Um, everything looked beautiful. My mother had this gift for making everything look beautiful. Everything and everyone. These ladies would come in and she would make them look beautiful. And um, our, everything was perfect. Everything looked perfect. Um, and that was the most important thing. The most important thing was that everything looked good. Um, But everything didn't feel good. Everything felt scary. Uh, My father was the um, son of an alcoholic. His father was an untreated alcoholic. And my father had PTSD because of that. And um, that made uh, our home life unpredictable and scary. That, however, is not why I'm a compulsive eater. I'm pretty sure I was born this way, I don't know. Um, I spent a lot of of time trying to figure out why I'm like this. Um, And what I know now is that it doesn't matter. So what am I like? Uh, Let me start by telling you that when I first started this particular recovery journey, um, a friend of mine was dying of cancer. A friend here in New York, so she was moving back home, basically for hospice. she was moving home to die. So all of our friends were meeting in the park to say goodbye to her, to see her one last time and to be together one last time. And um, I didn't want to go. And you know why? Because I was fat. I didn't want to go say goodbye. To my friend, because I was fat, and I thought other people would be judging me for being fat and talking about how fat I was and thinking about how fat I was. And I said to my sponsor, "You know, well, I probably shouldn't go, right? Because I'm in this hospitalization phase of recovery, and I need to really protect my abstinence." And she said, "Faye, why do you really not want to go?" And I said, "Well," I've gained a lot of weight. And, and, um, and she's like, you're going, you're going. And I assure you, nobody cares. Nobody cares. And thank God for her. And thank God for you. And thank God for this program and this methodology for examining my beliefs and examining the way I move through the world. Because I grew up, I, I grew up looking in mirrors and thinking that what I looked like was the most important thing. And that was really problematic because I started eating compulsively when I was, I remember stealing, hiding, sneaking, thinking about daydreaming, daydreaming about food in the first grade. I remember sitting in my first grade class thinking about what was in my lunchbox. You know, I, I've been obsessed with food my whole life because it is the perfect escape. It works. It works. Thinking about it, the distraction of it, the planning of it, the, the thinking about the weight gain, the food is a distraction, the weight that it causes me to gain is a distraction. The methodologies I've used for trying to get rid of it are are a distraction. It's the perfect escape button. And I tried everything, everything. I made this list while we were reading the opening stuff. This is off the top of my head. Thank you so much, Nancy. Things I've tried super quickly. The grapefruit diet the beverly hills diet the cambridge diet fit for life jenny craig richard simmons suzanne summers mary lou henner deal a meal fasting weight watchers slim fast lose 15 pounds in 30 days the teen magazine diet exercise bulimia bulimia talk therapy Dexatrim, nutrisystem aids candies cabbage soup diet curves 30 pounds in 30 days thin thighs in 30 days years, literally two decades of psychodynamic psychotherapy, $350 an hour, double sessions, 20 years. Do the math. I could have done a lot of amazing things in this world with that money Um, and shots. I had shots in my ass, some doctor in London with an unmarked door, may not have even been a doctor. I walked into his office and he stuck a hypodermic needle in my ass. I don't even know what was in it. That's how desperate I was that's how desperate I was to lose weight, because I thought my problem was a weight problem. Then I got into uh, recovery 30 years ago, and I got into a program. um, I got into a program where we were weighing and measuring our food without exception. And I was told that, oh, you don't have a weight problem. You have a food problem. You have a food problem. And here's what we do, Faye. We fight the food with the food. Make your food delicious. Fight the food with the food. Three meals a day, yummy, gooey, the biggest, the best. Make it delicious. We we fight the food with the food. And I thought, okay, great. So I started fighting the food with the food and I started winning with the food. And the food was down. And my life was unbearable and I lost weight and I got skinny and I saw that that means nothing, literally nothing because my body was thin and my heart was empty. And all those problems I was hitting the escape button were still there. So, and the problem with the escape button, like hitting the escape button with food, it's just like, you know, there's this feeling where life gets unbearable. And it's like, okay, just, just, just get me out of here. And I hit the escape button by, you know, buying bags or boxes or whatever, buying the food, binging on the food. And suddenly I'm not even in the room. Awesome. I'm not even here. My body's here, but I'm somewhere else. Right. The problem with that is it doesn't last and there's no get back in button. And then it's time to get back in my life and I can't get back in because I'm wandering out there in the wilderness and I can't stop. So if I don't know if it's, If it's not a weight problem and it's not a food problem, like what is it? What is this life problem? For me, I have been trying to strong arm solutions for everything, everything since childhood. Like, how do I, how do I make you love me? How do I make, how, how do I make everything okay? What do I need to do? Like, what do I need to do to fix everything? What do I need to you? What do I need to do to make you be nice to me? What do what I do, Little baby Faye was like, What do I need to do to make my dad be good? What do I need to do? Do I need to be funny? Do I need to be cuter? Do I need to go hide? What do I need to do to fix this? And then, you know, teenager Faye, what do I need to do to be attractive to boys? What do I need to do to to make everyone love me? What do I need to do? Looking for all these solutions, all those things I listed, I tried really, really hard to make life work. And what I didn't know is that what I needed, what I needed was a power greater than myself. And I enthusiastically and unapologetically called my higher power God. And that's what I found working these 12 steps. I found a connection to something that I call God and it's bigger than me and it's infinitely good. That's 10. Thank you so much, Nancy. It's bigger than me and it's infinitely good. And it doesn't give me what I want. It gives me something so much better. I would like to give you an example. Um, So my family is still somewhat complicated. Dad is long gone. We lost my dad five years ago, regrettably before I recovered, before I was able to, before our relationship was healed. Um, uh, So it's just me and my mom and my sister now. And I went home for, I went home to Texas for Christmas and I had this plan. My plan was, and this is a recovered plan. This was my best thinking in recovery. I thought, okay, I'm going to go there. I'm going to get in and I'm going to love them up. And I'm going to get out, just get in, love them up, get out before everything gets weird, before all the old dynamics come into play, love them up and get out. But God had a different plan. I got in, I loved them up. I was ready to leave for the airport and I tested positive for COVID. And here's who I am. Before the test strip before I even pulled it out of the tube, like I saw the little pink line, I saw that it was positive and I pulled it out, folded it in half and tucked it in my bra. Like, okay, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> no one has to know. No one has to know. I'll get on the plane. I'll go home. No one has to know. That was my best thinking. Um, but I don't do that anymore. I don't follow that first thought anymore because now I have this system where I go to God and I'm like, is this correct? Yeah, no, that's not correct walk into the living room, tell them you have COVID. Okay. So suddenly the three of us are quarantined together for at least five days. I'm a flight attendant. So theoretically I could go back to work at day five, um, which is terrifying. <laughs> but so now we are quarantined together for five days. And during those five days, an incredible healing happened. An incredible healing happened. We bonded, we laughed, we were isolated, but my mom, My mother didn't test positive. My sister and I both did. My mom took care of us the whole time bringing us our food. And like, she, she mothered us in a way that I really needed to be mothered by her. Um, And then the last day the shit hit the fan and we all reverted back to our old childhood stuff. My sister did my sister's thing where she's yelling. And my mom did my mom's thing where she's real or imagined, like favoring my sister, like the whole stuff came back into play. And I was leaving, finally I tested negative. I was leaving and my mom was crying. And she said, I am so sorry. She said, I'm sorry, I couldn't make things better for you. And we both knew what she meant and what she meant was in 1975, she said, I am so sorry. And the disease in me, the old way of thinking in me was like, yep, this is your chance, girl. This is your chance. Let her have it. Be a victim. Tell her how hard it was. Yes, it was hard. It was hard. And you didn't protect us. And look what you, now you don't understand the years of torture. But I no longer follow my first thought. And I connected to God in my heart. And I felt God come up through my feet and all the way up through my body and out my eyes and the ends of my hair and my fingers and toes and light shone out of me. And I looked at this woman and I said, mom, you were wonderful. And I love you so much. You made everything beautiful every year at Christmas, like this Christmas, you made everything beautiful. You made our lives beautiful. And I think you did an amazing job. And she just stood there with her mouth open. And I stood there with my mouth open because that wasn't me. That did not emanate from me. That was God. And that's, that's what God does. My best case scenario is here. And God is like, I will see you that, and I will raise you this. But God can't do that for me unless I get out of the way. You know, I had to get out of the way. So what does that look like? That looks like step six. So I hope, I hope I'm hope i being coherent here. I, I didn't have a plan. I just wanted God to take this wherever it went. So I hope it's going somewhere meaningful. What is step six? Step six is me being willing to have God remove all these defects of character. And do I have defects of character?
2: That's 15. Thank, Thank you
1: so much. Perfect. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know I had these defects of character. I thought I was absolutely downtrodden and humiliated. I thought I was a victim. I thought, you know, I, I'm this, I'm a good girl who's tried really hard her whole life. And um, starting from that first, I think it maybe was like the second or third conversation with my sponsor when I said I didn't wanna go to the park to see my friends, to see my friend Jilly for the last time before she went home from for hospice. I really didn't know that that was ego. I thought that was like no it's humility because I'm so fat. I I don't deserve I don't deserve to be with them and you know and she's like she's like it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about her. It's about it's about your friends it's about being there for her and with them and for them and I was like what I never saw that as ego my inability to show up when I was like I my weight fluctuated go up and down and up and when it was up I would just freaking disappear I would just disappear on my whole life I didn't know that was ego and i would think oh i'm not going to let myself i i'm not going to let myself have these people well guess what i didn't let those people have me i came out of one of my isolations and somebody was like faye my mom died where were you you know and where i was was hiding and isolating because i really was like i felt like that piece of crap around which the world revolves you know My sponsor helped me look at these character defects, um, recognize them and not for the first time in my life, try to strong arm a solution and make me be better. I need to be good. I need to be good. How can I fix this? How can I fix this? No, but just just to let go, like to open my hands. And someone was saying on the vision for you meeting, this morning. Like my job is just to open my hands and drop that so that God can put something better into my hands. Um, I show up today. Here's who I am today. I show up for people. I showed up for this knowing it was going to be imperfect. I feel like it has been and is kind of all over the place. Maybe I said something that touched somebody, I hope so, but it's none of my business because my business today is that I just show up and I try to be a conduit for something that I call God. And I live today knowing that wherever I am, to the best of my ability, there is an agent of God on the scene. And I show up today thinking, what can I bring here? Like, what can I bring? I mean, do I still look in the mirror and think, I really want to be pretty? I do. I do. Like, I, I still, I, I still, I still have a lot of defects. I'm human and I always will. But as a good friend of mine says, I no longer follow my first thought. I follow my second thought and my first action. And when I catch myself, now that I'm aware of these defects and with my sponsor was able to identify them and put words on them and, and identify better ways to be too. And when I wrote, we wrote a seventh step prayer for me where I took all these six step defects, all this list of defects and ask God not to just remove them, but to turn them into their opposites. Like, God, please remove my self-consciousness and make me conscious of you and of other people. You know, God, please remove my criticism and make me loving and accepting of myself and other people. Um, dear God, please remove my my body image issues and my focus on myself and turn me outward, turn me outward to other people. Show me how I can help. Show me how I can be of service in the world. I assure you, I didn't come in here looking for a way to be of service in the world. I came in here looking to look pretty so you would like me. And I hope you do like me. But that's not why That's not my purpose today. What is my purpose? My primary purpose uh, from Working with Others, Chapter Seven. Here's my primary purpose Life will take on new meaning, and it has to watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, to have a host of friends. This is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. My primary purpose is to connect to you and to connect with you to God and to help you find God the way this program has helped me find God. So if you are new here, I don't know if there are newcomers here, but my number is right there please call me because I will help you in any way I can. And everyone who has their number posted here, that's why it's posted because we want to help you find your version to find your God, to find your higher power. Um, Nancy, is this my time? Or to- Just now. Perfect. You did
2: great. Thank, uh, thank you. you
1: so much. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you, Faye, very much for your service tonight and for sharing with us. Um, We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine, if you're on the phone, And our lovely Zoom host, um, Kristen, will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Um, Nancy, will you please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Um, All right. Take it away. All right. Now, first of all, thank you, Faye, for that. That was wonderful. Um, First we have up, we have Leslie Kay.
3: And oh, thank you so much. Um, I, sorry, I'm not on camera tonight, but <clears throat> I just wanted to jump in and, and thank you, Faye. Um, that was just a stunning uh, example of the sixth step and how recovery works. Um, I, my takeaway tonight is the reminder that I no longer follow the first thought And um, boy, if I can apply that with rigor in all of my affairs, I feel like I will be um, much more balanced and have uh, more equanimity. So uh, step six really came alive for me and I wanted to thank you and um, say that I was I was really expecting you to say you did become a beauty queen because you are so beautiful in and out. Thank you so much, Faye.
0: Thank you so much. Now we have Roberto, just
4: one sec. Oh. All right, thank you. I'm Roberto, I'm a compulsive overeater. Very grateful to be here um i don't oh my god that was such a wonderful share say thank you so much i there's so much that i'm relating to i i i I don't know um i don't even know what i'm gonna say um i just i had to raise my hand because i my heart is full with love right now from from what you shared um and 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 just the passion about the light coming out and, and the love of god um showing and and recognizing that it doesn't come from you, that it comes from God, from that godly uh, part of that lives in, um, inside of you. And I, I just, I love that. Um, I, I did take a couple of notes um, about the things that I that I like that you said. Um, you said that God doesn't um, give you what what you want, and I love that. Um, you know that that He He gives you better. Um, he He gives us what we need. Um you know what at least for me God is more concerned about my growing than He is about my comfort uh, and gives me what what i can't see what i can 't even imagine um and the the bigger the fear about doing the the what i don't want to do um when i when i When I move past that fear and I actually do it, I find that the reward is directly proportional with the size of the fear. The more afraid I am and and I'm able to courageously and and with the grace of God and and the support of this fellowship pass that line, the reward is normally as big as the the fear was before I I step out of my comfort zone. Um, And I... I love your prayers. Um, I have been pleading and begging God to to fill me with his fullness and his love um, because I know what comes out of my heart is, you know, what comes out of my mouth is what is in my heart. Um, And right now I'm doing a lot of acting as if. um, And, you know, for now, um, I'm very grateful for that, to be able to act as if I'm humble because I'm full of pride and act as if I'm praising because I'm full of judgment and act as if I'm coming from service, because I'm very selfish, um, and I, I recognize those things, and I can't wait for those things to be removed in God's time, and I love seeing it in you. I love to see how, through your story, God is just taking over, and, and just that light and that love is just coming out of you, um, so thank you so much for your chair. I absolutely loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, and with that, I pass. Thanks for letting me chair.
0: Right. And next we
2: have Nancy Z. Hey, everyone. Nancy, recovered compulsive eater, bulimic. So grateful to be here tonight. Um, oh, my goodness, Faye, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your experience, strength, and hope. And um, I remember when I first met you and saw you on the meetings? I, uh, you just emanate a, a light, and I, I, I love you, and you are beautiful inside and out. Um, so thank you for being here tonight. What I heard really loud and clear. Um, uh is you said my job is to open my hands and let go of here's what I heard my job is to open my hands and let my will go and my way go so God can fill my hands with something better and I have been in a place um for some time now with um with a situation in my life where I've been trying to do what do I need to do what do I need to what do I need to do to get this and to get this and to get this and um It's just really taken me down. And yesterday I had um, just um, something happened that just really shot me down the drain. And by the grace of God, and because of this program, my first thought was not to use food to deal with it. And I couldn't have said that a year ago. You know, I I would have been, you know, eyeball deep in food um, over what happened yesterday. Instead, my first thought was, what's my part? What is my part? What is going on with me? I wanted to feel sorry for myself. I wanted to hate my boss. I wanted to hate my coworkers and I wanted to blame them for all my problems. And instead, because again, um, because of this program and because of the grace of God, um, I took it back to what do I need to change? And, um, and I did say to God, you know what? I'm not in alignment with your will. That's very obvious to me. I'm not in alignment with your will. So what do I need to do? And, um, you know, so thank you for sharing that. I, I know I've got a lot of character defects and trust me, they don't, I don't think they go away till possibly the day I die <laughs> and, um, and accepting that I am human. And I'm gonna have these things and there is a solution that is my, um, that is my grace today. So thank you for being here tonight. Thanks for letting me share and I'll pass.
0: Thank you so much, Nancy. Now we have Darcy L. Darcy, go ahead.
5: Hello, everyone. My name's Darcy and um, I had a fear, that's the past tense, of raising my hand and speaking in these big meetings. So this is This is my first time. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much, Faye, for your story. And it's just unbelievable how much I can relate to what you said. I mean, even living through what you uh, lived through and trying to fix everything. Um, I really appreciated what you said about opening my hands. You know, when I came in here um, this time after relapse, my hands were um, like this. (laughs) <laughs> Fists, you know. And um, God God struck me willing. I don't know how you know it's one of those miracles. and I'm just so grateful for being able to be here tonight and listen to what you shared and you're you're truly a, a beacon of light, you know. And what you said about following the first thought, no longer do you follow the first thought, I follow my second thought and my first action. and I'm thinking, wow. I hadn't heard that before. So um, I guess that's that's my takeaway and the fact how important it is to just let God and help others. Thank you.
0: Hi, thank you so much. Now we have Amy, Amy, go ahead.
6: Hi, I'm Amy, Amy L. In California, Recovered Compulsive Eater and Exercise Bulimic. And thank you so much, Faye. I just so, I, I get so much every time you share. And I, I so related to the, you know, talking about yourself as a child and as a teen and, and wanting to figure out what people, how people wanted you to be. That's something, who knows why, but we learn, some of us learn as children, and I got really good at it, or I, I thought I got good, of it, good at it. Um, I would try to figure out and try to be that way, but there's a price we pay for that, and it showed up in my addiction, and mine was an addiction of um, compulsive eating, where I would go out of the... Out in the world and I would people please and I'd try to figure out and I'd connive and try to get what I needed from people and then I'd come home and i devour everything to, to try to put back in what got taken out and then I had the disease of being small and I wanted to be so small I disappeared. I didn't want to take up space and that was my anorexia and my you know forms of bulimia so um today what does it mean to be in step six and be entirely ready to let go i had to acknowledge that my obsession with self was the epitome of selfishness i had trouble seeing that because it I thought of selfishness as something that would make you feel enriched. And I I was painfully aware of how my disease stole from me. And yet it is a bondage of self that I had to surrender my obsession with weight, my obsession with the scale, my obsession with not taking up space or taking up too much space. I had to be willing to let God cut me down to right size. And I still need to be willing every day. And I have to be willing to not take the action based on that first thought. Thank you so much for saying that. My first thought will often be self-seeking and dishonest. Thank God today I can often catch it and show some restraint. Not always, but much better work in progress. So thank you so much again. Thank you for everyone here. I'm so grateful to be here.
1: Thank you. All
0: right, next up, we have, oh, sorry, sorry. Can we stop the recording for unrecorded questions?